It's Happy Families Podcast with Dr. Justin Coulson. We're Luke and Susie, parents of three little boys. And this is the podcast for those of us who are time-poor parents who just want answers now. As parents, we want to make sure that we give our children the best opportunities possible. Mm. But getting the balance right, how much is too much, how little is too little, how much do we control, how much do they control? So many questions, I, just, I don't have the answers. Can I just put my hand up because I do have the answers. We control everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're in charge, Suze. Really? They do what we say. Well, I think you might be under an illusion. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Dr. Justin Coulson joins us in the studio. And Justin, when it comes to the routine of children, we understand that the bulk of the structure sits around school time. But then there's outside of school, extracurricular. We've got swimming, we've got sport, we've got music that they can do. There's arts and creative activities they can do. Gymnastics, clubs galore that they can all be a part of. Um, But how much do we control what they do? How much do we let them choose what they're involved with? And if they start whinging, do we push them to keep going? Go. Okay, here we go. Uh, yes, no, and lots. Okay. Um, this is... Uh, and that's all we got time for. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a no, joke. No, that was just... <laughs> I-, I was waiting for the answer. <laughs> yeah, so yes, no, and lots. That's where we're starting. I-, I can't remember what the questions were. That was too much fun. Uh, all right, so, so extracurricular activities are one of those things that, that confuse parents. Mm. They're costly. And cost has got to govern uh, some of our decision-making. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could all afford for our children to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted? They can do horse riding, and they can play netball, and they can also go and do the surf life-saving, and they can be riding motocross, and they can be, uh, I don't know, doing a floristry course as well. Yes. Let's just get them to do everything. Yeah, completely well-rounded. Yeah, yeah uh, not going to happen. Mm. So, so there's a few things that we probably need to consider. The first is our budget and our capacity as parents you know, we do not have unlimited time to ferry children around the place or put them in Ubers to, to yep. go places because we're too busy to take them. Uh, and some people actually, I've had a, a number of parents, particularly in some of the, I guess, the, the, the wealthier suburbs, say that they're so grateful for extracurricular activities because it gives their children something to do in the afternoons uh, where they're occupied, they're doing something positive. You know, it ticks a lot of yeah. boxes yeah. For, for those parents who want to be seen to be giving their child every opportunity. Yeah, uh, it teaches kids responsibility. There's research that shows that extracurricular stuff helps them to make friends better, and it helps them to do better at school. It makes them fitter and stronger. It gets their brain going. There's so many pluses to it, but there's also drawbacks. Yeah. Uh, kids are increasingly under pressure to do well at school, and now they've got to do their piano exams, or they've got to be able to show up for the cheer squad uh, recital thingy on the weekend, or they're <laughs> in a Stedford. And you know, I mean, there's just so much to do, and there's pressure on everybody. Yeah. yeah. So with all of that in mind, there's a couple of rules to live by, I think, that are, that are useful, or at least some guiding principles for this. Number one, once you've worked out how much money you've got to spend on this stuff, uh, or you've begged the grandparents to chip in so that yeah. you know their child can be raised in a cultured way, um, the next thing to do is, uh, oh, sorry, you've worked out how much capacity you've got to do the driving around. Uh, I, I think that it's really important that we don't try to control this. Mm. You know, you hear stories like the tiger parent who sits on the piano stool next to the child and says, you are going to sit here and play it until you play it right. Uh, I I felt like I needed to add that as the tiger. You went went grr in my head. I'm going, I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just doing cranky face. Uh, I think that uh, that, that's not helpful. So so we want to be guided by our children's interests. Mm. 
But we need to recognise that our children's interest ebbs and flows, and they might want to do something because all their friends are doing it. And then two weeks in yeah. to a ten-week term, they're like, "No, I don't want to do this." Or it's yes. hard, and I'm no good at it, and 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 everyone's better than me, and I just look bad. Uh, so we, we've got to be prepared for that, and and maybe even talk to the kids ahead of time and say, "You know what? What you're going to do is going to be hard, yeah. and set up your contingencies, work out what the expectation is." Up front. I don't like when I have to use an example of what I've decided because then you've got a chance to say, no, Luke, you're wrong. Uh, and, but I've got, I've got a, 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 I guess, a, a process in that dilemma with our nine-year-old in particular. He, he started playing rugby because he chose to play rugby and so we went with it. Yeah. He loves rugby, but he also has a high interest in AFL and rugby league. And so each year he's going, oh, I think I want to play AFL next season. But there's two things. One, he's got the most incredible team with the most incredible coach with the most incredible teammates. And we know the culture development and the character development in him in that environment is unique and strong. So we know that he can't grasp it. He won't just get that in another team. Uh, As well as the fact that we think physically he's more equipped to succeed in the game he's currently playing than in the ones he might be interested in. How much do either of those things matter as far as we us overruling maybe potentially his decision? At this age, I don't think that it matters a great deal. You know, when kids are younger than about I don't know, 10, 12, maybe even 14, mm. we want to give them every opportunity yeah. to explore. Let them go out and play. I mean, I've, I've got a nephew and yep. he is a superstar sportsman. He loves rugby league and he loves rugby union. Yeah, He can't actually play both, although he tries to yeah. juggle it from <laughs> yep. season to season. Uh, but now he's 16 and it's starting to get really serious. Yep. And so far each year he's actually played one, then he's played the other. And oh. now he's got development squads that are looking at him and he's going to have to make a choice eventually. Yeah. Or, or is he? I mean, there's plenty of top tier sports yep. people who make a decision and then change their mind three years later as yeah. well. I think we worry about it too much. Let them follow their interests. Let them follow their strengths. Let them follow their passions. Now, a couple of other things to consider. And you've touched on that. Uh, touched touch on one of them is the the environment. Yeah. What kind of environment is best going to serve, yep. and in what environment can your child best serve? Yeah. There's a couple of things to consider. Number one, what are the what, what what's the quality of the relationships like with the other teammates, mm-hmm. the coach, the families? Uh, relationships will will be a primary motivating force. And if your kids have got strong relationships, they will show up week in and week out, even if they're losing, even if yeah. they're not very yeah, good, because the relationships are strong. Yep. True. If they don't have strong relationships, even if they're on a winning team, they're not actually going to love doing it. Yeah. So relationships need to be a, con- a, a primary consideration. The second thing is competence. You know, some kids are very, very interested in doing some things that they're very, very bad at. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And while they're young, give them the opportunity. Let them figure it out. And they might actually start to develop a reasonable level of competence. But some kids have just, they're not going to figure, they just can't do it. And eventually they'll actually recognize that. And they'll be like, well, I've done this for three years in a row and I'm still the worst on the team. I'm still no better than I was three years ago. And and, and we want to direct them towards their strengths, towards things that they're competent in. Because then they can develop that sense of mastery. Confidence comes from that. Yeah. The last thing is we've got to give them a sense of autonomy. When we force them to do things, it just gets ugly. As a child, my mum, with the very best of intentions, and I love my mum. I'm not saying nasty things about her, really. Uh, <laughs> my mum insisted that I have piano lessons. And it got so bad that she would literally have to drag me by the arm from the car to the music teacher's doorstep so that I would go in and, and do the lessons. I refused to practice. There were tears, there were tantrums, there was fighting. It was 
ugly. Now, I was 14 years old and I just didn't, I just wanted to go surfing. That was it. I wasn't good enough to be a pro surfer, but that's just what I wanted to do because my relationships were there and I was reasonably yeah. competent and, and it was my choice. Mm. Eventually, it gets to a point where we've just got to say, you know what? It is up to you. And and there are many parents who are probably shaking their head and saying, look, I'm the parent. They'll do as I say. Yeah. That's fine. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, it gets yeah. ugly. Yeah. And it's true that sometimes you can force your children to do something. And when they're 24 and they can play the piano or they can hit a tennis ball, ball over the net consistently and have a social match, they might look at you and say, I'm so glad you forced me to. Yeah. But sometimes they don't. And I, I don't know, I just, I'd rather find something they're interested yeah. in and is direct it, them to that. Is it mm. worth it? The, the risk. This is, I think this is one of the, the hardest things for me to wrap my head around is letting go in this space. I'm, I'm a control freak generally, but uh, with my kids, it's hard because yeah. I, I know better than them. It is. <laughs> It is. It's an interesting conversation. That was, that was in quotation marks. That was in I've, inverted commas, by the way. I know better than that. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to share them with you when we get off the, the airwaves because <laughs> we need to finish things up right now. Dr. Justin Coulson, it's always a joy to talk to you. And an exclusive, Dr. Justin Coulson was a bit of a ratty 14-year-old. Yes. Great for the chat. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> If you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to rate it on iTunes. When you do that, it increases the visibility of the podcast and helps more people to find it. And if you're not a subscriber, jump onto Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you can hear every episode as soon as it is uploaded. For more information on all of Dr. Justin Coulson's books, programs and podcasts, go to happyfamilies.com.au or if you'd like to have Dr. Justin Coulson speak at your school or event, go to justincoulson.com.au.